Hello and welcome to the 47th episode of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And I'm Jordan. Now we are going to go ahead and jump into it, but uh, before we do, I'd like to once again ask you guys at home to leave a review or a like, etc., depending on your platform. Share us around if you have One Piece loving pals. We would appreciate it. Uh, With all that out of the way, Jordan and I are both itching (laughs) to talk about this ridiculous chapter, 1044, then later 536 through 547. I mean, you're just referring to this cover, right? Uh, my only, well, my main thoughts about this cover is that I sure do hope that these three Charlotte family members have uh, anime colors or colored manga colors or something <laughs> on the wiki, because uh, I don't want to have to guess about what their clothes are like. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of knives out and about. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't consider this as an outcome, but the point of the Big Mom-Germa confrontation was that Big Mom could get Germa tech in Mm -hmm. the first place. Mm -hmm. So it just made sense that her aim, now that she's kind of captured two of them, is to dissect them and see what made some dick. Scary for them. Well, maybe not. They don't seem too worried right now. Yeah, I don't know how much of this they're going to feel. But uh, I imagine they probably want to keep their innards on the inside. Yeah. So, uh, I would also imagine that, like, if these are just normal knives, they're they're going to break a lot of them before they get in there. Uh, that's probably true. But they have plenty of spares. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's already at least, like, eight on screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just love how, like, pleased Oven is as he's leaving. He's like, all right, have fun. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. (laughs) He accomplished his task very well. Indeed. He carried a book from point A to point B. Pleased to see him in this cover arc. Truly fulfilling a role that no one else could. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we love Oven. Lovin. You know how it is. Let's move on. Oh, wait. Quite. Chapter 1044. (sighs) The Warrior of Liberation. Mm. (laughs) Starting off with... uh, some uh, some stuff pretty much immediately picking up right where the last chapter left off uh this time from luffy's perspective he says uh pretty sure i lost but i'm able to move still and i'm having a great time uh meanwhile momo and uh yamato have a quick interaction about what zunisha said in the previous chapter about luffy being joy boy then we get some quick cut-ins with uh, most of the standing cast of Odidashima. All reacting to Luffy, in fact, not being dead. Uh, yeah, it seems like Momo seems scared more than everyone else. Everyone else seems shocked, right? And rightfully so. Uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Momo does look kind of like terrorized in my opinion and i thought that was got a bit of the crazy eyes going on for sure mm-hmm. momo does know more about joy boy than pretty much any other character aside from zunisha and i guess yamato but why would he be scared 
Uh, maybe he just hates fun. <laughs> That's true. Child in an adult body has to hate fun. Yeah. Only responsibilities from now on, says mm-hmm. Momo. Mm-hmm. Do your um, taxes, everyone. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I can't think of any reason, any indication that we've had of Joy Boy being like a, a scary individual. But maybe they're just worried about Luffy maybe losing autonomy or something. Not being Luffy anymore. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, quick cut-ins everywhere. <laughs> yep, Sanji's awake, uh, Law, Kid, and Yogoro are just like, oh, he's still alive. <laughs> uh, Margo relays this information to Nami and Otama, who are very pleased about this information. Pretty dope. Happy for them. And then we get to probably the main thing. <laughs> probably. <of> the chapter. <laughs> uh, we cut back in to the Gorosei. Bat and Mary Joa. Uh, they're kind of upset because they lost one of their dudes and they peeved off Kaido. Uh, and for what? One of them says. Uh, to which another responds, well, this is probably better than the alternative. Uh, in every era, the world government has attempted to recover the gum gum fruit. And not once has it ever succeeded for 800 years. Uh, apparently, this is because, uh, well, they theorize. The devil fruit itself is trying to escape them. And that's totally plausible, apparently, because Zoan fruits have a will of their own. And not only that, Luffy's fruit, not the gum gum fruit, but in fact, the human human fruit, mythical type model Mika, the sun god. We're here. <laughs> Indeed. I'm going to have some opinions <laughs> about that probably towards the end. Um, but uh, I think I'll, I'll save that for in bulk once we've seen everything that entails throughout the chapter. Okay. Yeah, we can, we can hold off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But do the specifics of what they say. Apparently this gives the possessor a body with the properties of rubber allows him to fight in whatever way they fancy, uh, according to the Gorosei. They become the warrior of liberation known as Nika the Sun God. Awakening brings their rubbery body greater physical strength and freedom, the most ridiculous power. Uh, So that's all great, uh, depending on how you look at it. Uh, Yep. Yeah, we'll have have thoughts on that (laughs) in a little bit. But first, we gotta get through this Orochi stuff. He's here and not looking good. Uh, no. Last time we saw them, they were in pretty much this as that scenario. Uh, still not sure how she managed to get sea prism stone nails on him, but it happened. They have a little bit of a back and forth for a little bit. About, oh, uh, my father Odin was a man of his word. Uh, he truly believed, while he was dancing like a fool for all those years, that you would indeed really keep your promise and leave. Uh, and that kept the smile on his face. Uh, but then it turns out Orochi is a dirtbag, uh, shocking everybody involved, and uh, really cheesing off uh, Kamurasaki here, with good reason. Yeah, I'm amazed that she held it in this long, honestly. Indeed. This panel here, where she finally throws off the mask... 
and declares, my name is Kozuki Hiori. Looks great. Very impactful. Very detailed. Oh, yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Takes up a good portion. Lovely stuff. Mm -hmm. It's kind of unfortunate that this is kind of sandwiched in between two rather notable overarching plot moments that kind of overshadow this. Mm -hmm. Because in a different chapter, this might be like the main thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Indeed. Not this time, though. No, sorry. We've got bigger fish to fry. Orochi here, begging for his life. Uh, very uh, trying to make the claim that revenge is antiquated behind the times, he said. <laughs> Even though that mindset is what led him to be exactly where he is right now. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty dope, Orochi. Gotta love a hypocrite. Uh, but then Conjuro pops back in. He's spent, man. He's been through a lot. He recently got bonked and exploded. He's been killed like eight times in this uh, in this <laughs> arc alone. So, dude has good reason to be exhausted. Uh, but, oh no, Conjuro appears to have misunderstood the task put before him. And uh, jumps on Orochi instead. Aw, oh, nuts. I don't understand this. <laughs> Why does he misunderstand? Well, here's the thing. Ghost Conjuro doesn't have ears. So, uh, he didn't actually hear the instructions being given. Mm. So, there mm -hmm. you go. <laughs> Mystery solved. I think I saw... I can't remember who it was. It was If it was Arter or Sandman on Twitter earlier today. But apparently when Orochi first gave Conjuro like the order to like become a ghost and wreak havoc, right? Mm -hmm. He described it as a suicide pact between the two of them. Oh. Uh, so my understanding or my interpretation based on that, assuming that that is indeed correct, uh, is that Conjuro, the ghost at the end of his life, uh, has come back to fulfill the suicide pact between the two of them. Left himself just enough energy to seal the deal. That works for me. Indeed. I have to double chat to see if that was indeed the truth. And a uh, special shout out to either Archer or Sandman, depending on who told me that. Um, <laughs> uh, you're both great. I like you a lot. Um, sorry, I forget which one was which. Uh, but yeah, Orochi's on fire. Not looking great for him. I'm sure he's really for real done this time. I think so. Like, I usually don't, but based off of what you just said, I'm feeling it. Ought to be. I sure hope so. Uh, but the fact that we don't, like, really see him go down or, like, an aftermath panel kind of makes me think he's going to be around for a few more chapters. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe Dendra will swoop in and be like, no. Uh, revenge is not the answer, uh, Hiori, or something along those lines. That Dendro guy's got to pop back in eventually. Sure. <laughs> then we go back outside, check in with Luffy again. Uh, he's having a good time dancing up there near the moon. He can fight a little bit longer. His heartbeat is weird. Uh, he's like, yo, I'm going to call this Gear 5. Then he just kind of starts wrecking shop. There he goes. Starts out pretty strong and uh, continues 
to be pretty strong. Yeah, lets out a bit old Conqueror's Hockey Blast from the roof. Knocks out quite a bit of dudes on the live floor, even though it's a pretty decent distance away from where he was on the top of the Skull Dome. Downright freaks out Kaido <laughs> for a hot second. Uh, what is up there on the roof, he says, with his own crazy eyes. There's a lot of crazy eyes from Kaido in this chapter. <laughs> for sure. Uh, we get a panel of the... Uh, the goons reacting to all of them being knocked out by Conqueror's Hockey. Then a big old fist bursts from the roof, grabs Kaido right down the middle, and yoinks him away. This has to be bigger than any fist that we've seen from Luffy, right? Uh, I think so. We've got... I would have to double check, but I'm pretty sure when Luffy first like, did a big old gear third bonk, on Kaido's head, his fist wasn't as big as Kaido's head at that point. And this is definitely larger than the head. Indeed. So a considerable chunk going on with this guy. <laughs> and we don't, like, see any buildup to it, right? Like, we don't know if he still has to pump air into it or anything. He could just maybe manipulate it that way. Because they said fighting however you please. Like, I don't know what that means. Anyway, there's a smile fruit user that seems to be a person just growing out of a panda's back. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of looks like the the black bits of the panda that go from like the shoulder area down to the front legs. Or like the man's legs. That's fun. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he wanted to be a gifter. <laughs> He's got himself a panda and is riding it, pretending to be a smile user. Yeah, he infiltrated Kaido's army and, you know, no one suspects it. Or maybe everyone does suspect it and they just don't want to tell him. Yeah, they're just too polite. Yeah. That's the trademark uh, trait of Kaido's crew, right? <laughs> Politeness. Yep, I think that is true. Yeah, I pretty sure that the wiki ought to be updated to make that claim but as it doesn't already we'll uh, make some calls kaido has been zagooshed on up uh leaving his eyeballs behind it's fine I don't um, need those yeah pretty much uh luffy has seized him and dragged him back up to where the fight is to resume anew he beefs himself up uh gives out a chuckle spins him around and a comedic looney tunes style leaving his eyeballs just hecking all over the damn place mm -hmm. bonks him on the ground a few times looking good luffy uh yeah i mean he's looking strong i would love to get a clear shot of him like there's a lot of cool action shots but uh he's always obscured well you don't get any like good full body shots the entire chapter right the best we get is on the last page where even then he's obscuring part of his body and then um, we get the face right below it which is like nice you can put two and two together but <laughs> would have loved a full like i don't know cool pose but i guess this isn't the time to be cool this is the time to be ridiculous right this is not exactly a cool type power up so i understand not wanting to make the man look cool it's fun yeah although saying that like 
the the closest thing that we have to the full body shot like that does look cool no doubt like base yeah. gear fifth or whatever at least for me i'm into that yeah i have no issues with the design um the crazy eyes bother me a little bit but uh you know i'll get over it <laughs> yeah whatever yeah uh kaido though very impressed and pleased that uh luffy survived uh he even says thank you thank you for tanking that hit he says <laughs> <laughs> polite kaido i'm telling you <laughs> it's the defining trait uh then he launches like his 80th the last breath of the battle uh luffy pretty alarmed by this <laughs> to put it mildly mm-hmm. uh but then he grabs the ground pulls a chunk of it up and uh bounces it back what hitting the Kaido heck? directly <laughs> uh what the heck indeed uh but that blast breath hits kaido pretty much directly uh he seems fine though he's just like hey sorry about that idiot from earlier <laughs> didn't want to win that way but luffy's not bothered he's having a great time and it's time to end this the true final battle appears to have begun great i wasn't expecting luffy to be the one that has like a final fantasy boss second form thing going on but <laughs> we're here yeah rather ironic i guess that uh luffy obtained a zoan awakening before kaido did <laughs> embarrassing for kaido <laughs> indeed i would imagine that in the wake of this kaido will probably awaken nets to like counter it i hope so because it, it still doesn't seem like kaido's been going all out this entire time he's been um, using like basically the same moves that he's been using since we met the man like mm-hmm. varying versions of blast breath and club smack yeah i would love to see something fresh but we'll see indeed i can't believe everything that happened (laughs) indeed uh you remember i texted you this morning first thing saying i'm dizzy in response to this (laughs) this whirlwind of stimulation yeah so uh yeah, we both had actual physical responses. I was notably lightheaded after reading this, just like from whiplash, basically. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. As far as like what I'm actually seeing on the page, Luffy's power up here, I'm fine with it. I like it. I'm amused, right? Mm-hmm. I like Gear 5th. Um, I think like the cartoony style that he's going for I've been seeing people call it like the rubber hose animation. I don't know if that's what Oda's going for, but I think Oda's just having fun. Like he gets to he he, he made it so he can do whatever he wants, which has mm-hmm. kind of always been true, but this makes it more grounded. I suppose so. And I think that's neat. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. it's a bit of a catch-all like uh, it's a bit of a deus ex machina, maybe. Um, well, sure, but Gear and, Fifth was always going to be that way. Yeah, was that's true. That's fair. Um, all these gears end up being like that for all their first fights. Sure. Um, uh, but yes, I like what we're seeing in the specifics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it sure does uh, hmm, 
let's say not all of these uh, claims being made exactly jive with the way we understand things previously. Uh, it, it could be, right? Granted, it's true and even likely in some of these cases that Oda will go on to explain these things. This is the only first chapter we've seen this awakening, this Nika business. Um, we clearly don't have all the details yet, but I still think it's fair to address the the holes that this kind of pokes in the story that Oda's presented so far. Mm-hmm. Um, a few more things that I actually like about this before I go into all that crud. <laughs> um, it does seem like this Nika thing might fill in some, like, I don't want to call them plot holes, but people have thought it was weird, me included, all this time, all the weird stuff that Luffy can do with his rubber fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Like how uh, the Deer Fourth thing we were talking about a few chapters ago, and uh, how it doesn't really make sense that pumping your blood faster gives you a power boost. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really make sense that just pumping air into your bones to inflate it gives you a dramatic increase to striking power, mm-hmm. right? None of that really made sense thinking about it logically. But Luffy can do it, and it's possible now that that's been the case all this time because it's not the drum drum fruit, it's because it's Nika, right? Yeah. They don't go into any sort of detail at the beginning, but this bit where the Gorosei say, fighting in whatever way he fancies, right? Mm-hmm. I'm told, according to the thread on the subreddit, this was translated in the uh, the fan translation as being only limited by their imagination, which uh, certainly does speak more broadly than uh, what they say in the 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 official release, right? Yeah, for sure. So taking those two things and kind of meeting them somewhere in the middle, which I think is probably generous, but here we are. The way I interpret how the Nika of it all impacts Luffy's rubber abilities is that in his base form, right, the one we've seen up until this chapter, his body's simply made of rubber. But it's not quite normal rubber, right? I interpret it as being rubber that behaves the way the user thinks rubber does, right? Hmm. So Luffy thinks that he gets a power boost by pumping his blood faster, and the Nika fruit makes it so, right? Sure. Luffy thinks that with his rubber rubber abilities, he can change the trajectory of his punches in Snake Man. Nika makes it so. Stuff like that. Like, the imagination is just in reference to stuff he can do with rubber. I don't think it literally makes him a god, right? Like, I'm sure some people have been theorizing that imagination line to mean. Um, Yeah, that would be too much. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of limitation on it. And that does appear to be the case based on what the official translation is saying. Um, So with that in mind, I do like, I suppose... (laughs) that we are getting explanations, maybe, for how the other gears work. I don't think those so-called holes needed to be filled, per se, but uh, all the same. 
yeah, and also that's... potentially it's playing. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say that that's kind of how I feel about this whole Nika thing in general. Like, depending on where Oda takes it, it could just feel unnecessary. Like, we already knew Luffy was like the liberator, right? Like, there's a reason that we're following his story, um, and like, we've already accepted the you know, properties of the rubber and letting Luffy do what he wants. Like, this just, I don't know. I agree with you. I like Gear Fifth. I like the looks. I like seeing what it can do. I particularly like his hair. Um, <laughs> I just think that's a, a good detail there. Um, and it should also explain potentially how luffy was able to revive assuming he didn't literally die when kaido hit him because we find out in this chunk of the reread as a matter of fact that zoan awakenings allow for higher durability and in particular a swift recovery speed yeah now this is faster than we've ever seen it for sure but but uh, i mean luffy has only heard that and now the nika interprets that as well i heal super fast so right we're assuming those things but that's all we got right now right yeah, for now it makes sense <laughs> mm -hmm. uh but like i said before this does open up a whole can of worms in terms of information we already thought we knew uh again maybe oda will explain these things but just gonna go down my little list here point by point and get your thoughts bring it on so uh first of all apparently this whole time luffy's had a zoan fruit right mm -hmm. uh and yet does not appear to have any zoan transformations no typically these guys have three forms and uh, as far as we can tell luffy just kind of doesn't just his default rubber body yeah, but like, I mean, the uh, <laughs> he's convinced that he's a paramecia type, though. Like, right? Meh, like that the, is, yeah. The Nika can explain away a lot, I guess. Sure, and granted, Marco also has a mythical zone. And he's also a little weird because he can transform individual bits of himself. Mm -hmm. So maybe mythical Zoans are simply an exception to the three transformation rule. Isn't Kaido a mythical? Uh, yeah, he sure is. But, you know, maybe Kaido's not an exception. I don't know. <laughs> mythical Zoans would be weird. Um, it also could just be, like you were saying before, that since Luffy thought he was a paramecia, mm -hmm. he just never tried to transform, mm -hmm. and it never came out by accident, I guess. A bit of a stretch, <laughs> um, I suppose, but that could be the case, right? Uh, but it's also a little weird that his awakening, right? He's a Zoan, right? Supposedly. And we've been told previously that the awakening of a Zoan user uh, made some beefier right grants them increased durability and recovery speed 
but we see in this chapter that he also appears to be able to grant his rubber properties to his surroundings like a paramecia awakening can. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> I was going to bring that up. The whole grabbing of the ground and flinging the laser back. Like, how far does this whole fighting how you want thing extend, you know? Right. That's really the main thing. Just how much of an imagination power is this, mm-hmm. really? Now, again, it doesn't say that in the official translation, so I don't know how accurate that even is to describe it that way. Um, we just need I mean, more it still kind of fits the whole fighting any way you please. Like, he is, mm-hmm. he is doing that. He sure is. <laughs> doing as Luffy pleases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big who. Uh, another weird thing, right, is that the Gorosei, or at the very least, some of them, were aware of the gum gum fruit actually being the Nika fruit, mm-hmm. and also of the danger to them it could be. And yet, across the two plus years that Luffy has been active, not much of an effort has been made to specifically capture him. Why would that be the case if they knew about Nika, right? and the gum-gum fruit being Nika. They should have known of Luffy's power as being made of rubber, since at least Town, I would guess, after he ran into Smoker the first time. Yeah. And he's had run-ins with a whole bunch of Marines since then. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit strange that they just kind of were content to let Luffy run wild. <laughs> Granted, for most of those two-plus years, he was like in hiding, sure. But it's like... A fair chunk of time that an effort could have been made. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's a good point. The only thing I can even think of is, like... They were scared of losing people that they sent after him if he did awaken. I don't know. I guess. Like, if, if it hadn't been Kaido that awakened him, if it was whatever, Kizaru or Akainu, like, you know, Luffy could theoretically take down one of their top people. That's all I got. That would depend on the point of in the story that it awakened in, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. if he had awakened, like, I don't know, in, on Thriller Bark, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and they, well, bad example. If he had awakened on Sabandi, right, going up against Kizaru, mm-hmm. uh, even Nika Luffy at that point, he doesn't have hockey, so there's not much he can do against Kizaru, uh, even with Nika power, yeah. as far as we understand it as of now. I thought maybe it's possible that for some reason the information chain just ended with the fleet commander of the Marines, like Smoker filed his report. It gets to Sengoku and doesn't go any higher than that for some reason. So maybe the Gorosei literally didn't know <laughs> what Luffy's power was up until recently. That would feel weird, but they... Yeah, I find that hard to believe too, but... <laughs> yeah, because like, they they definitely think themselves better than everyone else, obviously. But like, mm-hmm. you would also have to be incredibly well informed in that position. You'd be a fool. Or at least you ought to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Mm. Uh, very strange. Uh, then there's this whole Zoans have a will of their own thing. Yeah. Now, I think we mentioned not all that long ago, I think it was around when uh, Momo became Bid Dragon, mm. um, that it's a little weird that he looks exactly like Kaido, except yeah. pink, in yeah. his uh, full dragon form. And I think one of the two of us presented the idea that Zoan fruits are all based on like the same original animal, right? Mm-hmm. And thus, anyone who possesses that fruit would have the same appearance in full animal mode. Uh, now we're finding out that not only is that probably true, but also the will of that animal lives on within the fruit to some extent. Uh, that's pretty crazy. And also maybe a little bit problematic. Well, yeah, what does that mean for Chopper? Like... <laughs> yeah, he just has the spirit of some dude <laughs> living like, in his fruit. Well, that means that there was some human walking around looking like Chopper's heavy point. Uh, yeah, I guess that is what that would mean. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming that first bit about them having the same appearance. But, yeah, that's that seems to be true. <laughs> that's pretty I, but, weird. Yeah. Unless it turns out that Chopper also ate a mythical Zoan, the <laughs> human-human model Yeti, or something weird. <laughs> I'd be into that. That'd be funny. Why not? Yeah. I Turns out so. Nami has a mythical fruit that we never knew about either. Yeah. Why not? Everyone gets a mythical <laughs> human fruit. We now have two people on the straw hats that have a human-human devil fruit. Yeah, that seems weird to me, too. Oh, boy. Uh, but I've been thinking about like what the Zoan will of their own thing could mean. Mm-hmm. And I had a terrible thought <laughs> this morning. Oh, no. Uh, could it be that Luffy's personality or dreams have been influenced by having Nika's spirit inside him for most of his life. Oh, for could sure. Could that be the case? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it totally that, could be. That's going to keep me up at night, <laughs> if true. I've been thinking on, like, what Luffy says he wants to be, like, whenever it gets cut off. Like, is he saying mm-hmm. he wants to be the most ridiculous person? That's as good a guess as any. Yeah, like, he wants to be the funniest? That can't be true. Most ridiculous, I could see. I could see uh, Ace and Sabo just being like, what? What does that even mean, Luffy? (laughs) But that would, I mean, that would feel very Nika instead of Luffy, if we knew more about Nika. This character we've known about for like 20 chapters now. Yeah. Mentioned in this arc for the first time yeah oh boy uh at the very least that doesn't appear to be literally nika slash joy boy possessing luffy Mm -hmm. nor does it appear to be reincarnation in like the traditional sense you know yeah he's still got all his memories and all that we may be getting kind of close to those things um but we're not yet all the way there so uh we did not hit the worst case scenario that we were uh, <laughs> dreading last week. No. So that's pretty good. Uh, but in the wake of that, I'm now pretty much fully convinced that either Nika and Joy Boy were just the same person, or perhaps Joy Boy also simply possessed the Nika fruit. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Zunisha connecting this awakening to Joy Boy pretty much confirms that for me. Same. Uh, and that's an awful big coincidence for Luffy to have eaten that fruit, if uh, that turns out to be true. That's better than, like, possession or reincarnation for sure, but uh, awfully convenient for our for our boy here. What do you mean by that? Well, Luffy's dream is to become the king of the pirates, right? Mm-hmm. And that appears like the way to do that has to do with finding the poneglyphs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the four red ones. And some of those poneglyphs, at least, were written by a guy named Joy Boy, who probably either was Nika or had the Nika power, right? And now our guy Luffy just kind of is that guy now. Well, a little suspect. I mean, bit. I know what you're saying, but also based off of what the Gorosei were saying, like there have been a number of Nikas, right? Like every generation yeah, they have failed to get this fruit. So like, yeah, it's convenient. But again, like I said, we're we're following Luffy's story for a reason, right? And true. Like this is just more of that reason. Fair enough. Rubs me the wrong way a little bit, but yeah. no more so than like Luffy literally having Shanks's or uh, Roger's straw hat, that kind of thing. You know? Right? Yeah. Like there's there's been a lot piling up on this kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of me accidentally saying Shanks instead of Roger, uh, <laughs> how much of this Nika business did Shanks know? Yeah, because he was on Roger's ship and mm-hmm. knew and about and who... had the fruit got it from the people that were transporting it for the mm-hmm. government could he also have been the one who told the Gorosei about Luffy idiot when he met with them during the reverie oh is that why is that why they are only just now <laughs> interested in putting a stop to this guy maybe interesting i mean as i've said i do not trust shanks so i could see it i could see it for sure he's looking more and more sketchy with each passing day what is the haps with that guy (laughs) someday we'll Um, find out he's got a movie coming out i hear yeah supposedly i saw a uh a reddit thing earlier today that was like a picture of a laws voice actor Hancock's and Luffy's uh, in a studio recording for it. So apparently Law and Hancock are in that movie in some capacity. I'm going to have a good time at this movie. (laughs) Without a doubt. Uh, But that is the last of my complaints (laughs) about this Gear 5th thing. I think it basically boils down to uh, this is a little bit strange and contradicts some stuff. Uh, But maybe uh, Oda will sort it out. And again, I liked what we're seeing of Gear 5th and The Awakening. Uh, it just messes with stuff we already knew a little bit. So hopefully that gets hashed out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to see more before making a decision. But like, I'm I'm excited to see more. I'm not like dreadful like I, I was last week. Indeed. I think this is already like... Just because we have so little information right now, 
all Oda can do is explain it, and hopefully explain it well. So hopefully all it can do is go up in our right. estimation. Yeah. Um, at least that's what I hope. But I can already tell uh, from what little I've seen on Twitter already today that it's going to be people just riding the hype train like, oh, Luffy's a god now. Um, <laughs> ignoring all these potential problems, right? There's going to be people on the other side that are like, oh, Luffy's a god now. Uh, <laughs> that creates all these issues that I just described, I think, mm-hmm. pretty reasonably. Um, I have to think that we fall somewhere in the middle, cautiously optimistic about uh, what we're seeing so far. Yeah, it's a good way to be, so we'll stick Indeed. to it. We, we tend to criticize, but I think we're usually pretty fair about these sorts of things. Yeah, and like... It's art, right? Like, you're supposed to <laughs> criticize and interpret art, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're allowed to do that. And we're not mean. Like, <laughs> we love Oda. We thank him a lot. We yell at him a lot, too, but we love you're the guy. They're nice, sir. <laughs> uh, I think that pretty much wraps up my thoughts on this matter. Um, anything else you had to say before we move on? I'm sure I could come up with more, but we're good. Let's go. All right. Uh, No break next week, thankfully. The next chapter drops on April 3rd, and that takes us into the reread. All right. Like Thomas said, 536 to 547. We're going from just a pack of wolves to a pot of whales it's it's as simple as that i believe they call that the hero's journey (laughs) there are some other steps in the middle but nobody focuses on those every hero starts with a pack of wolves and ends with a pot of whales yeah your story is literally terrible if it doesn't start and end there those are the rules i didn't make them (laughs) sorry everyone Uh, So we start out in a very cold place, level 5, which sucks so bad that when the prisoners inevitably freeze to death, the staff doesn't even try to remove the bodies. They're just kind of there. I mean, it's it's snowy there, and it's cold. I wouldn't want to go in. They get to keep their jackets at least. Unless you're Hannibal. Well, yeah. That's his own fault. I'm sure Hannibal would not be the one to go and collect dead bodies. I suppose so. But, like, that's what the wolves are for. <laughs> yeah. And turns out that's also what Bonchon is for. For the wolves. <laughs> Indeed. Um, he solos the army wolves, which Mr. Three says could take out the Sphinx and Basilisk by themselves. So, like, way to go, Bon. Yeah. He's pretty beefy. Goes toe-to-toe with Sanji, like a million chapters ago. Yep, and that's enough for us. Uh, Luffy kind of puts him to shame, though, by taking out all the wolves with hockey soon after. Yeah, um, he does it from like his deathbed, basically. Yeah, so. yeah. But this is just a continuation of this little, little friendship that has been growing steadily uh, since it started, really. And we get a lot of really heartfelt interactions between Luffy and Bon, or not necessarily between them, but towards one another, you know? Yeah, they're not really together, 
for very much of this chunk. No, and when they are, they're, like, drugged the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So, after this near-death situation, the Kamabaka Queendom and Eva come out spectacularly for an introduction to a floor that really just shouldn't be there. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but, like, a tunnel guy made it. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad that they said that he dug, like, well... Uh, it's between five and six, so yeah, like that makes sense. At first, I was like, uh, "If you dug in the wrong place, you would just hit water. That's not good." But <laughs> they showed the diagram, and I was like, "Okay, you got me. It's fine." I'm sure they were very careful wanting in their digging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, they knew they were underwater, so precautions were were taken. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. You tap the stone to see if it sounds wet. Yeah, exactly. If you tap it and it sounds like there's a fish over there, don't dig. (laughs) Life lessons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, there's this, like, big show, and, you know, an astute reader might find themselves thinking, well, this isn't really the time for all of the singing and dancing. Ace is uh, gonna be executed, but it's okay. Because Luffy's treatment started 10 hours ago, and he's been suffering since then. (laughs) And it's going to take two more days. I mean, the people of level 5.5, they're not invested in what Luffy is there to do. I mean, they are because it was like entertaining the watch on the television, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But as far as they're concerned, it's done, right? Luffy's going to take two days to recover. Ace is as good as dead. Or maybe he'll be rescued by a white beard. Who knows? Um, so may as well party, you know? Life goes I mean, on. Yeah, that's their life. I get it. I love a good party. I don't blame them for it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, well, yeah, I guess you do need something to drown out the screams, even though they tried to put Luffy pretty far away. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's okay. I mean, it only took 20 hours. Um, thanks to, you know, the will that he inherited from his friend and a bunch of strangers. Indeed. That was a, a very sweet, sweet little moment. Bond, cherry on Luffy, throughout the night, finally passes out, throat bleeding. Very sweet, very inspirational. You go, Bond. And still manages to get up later. <laughs> Indeed. If you didn't like Bond before this, you're gonna afterwards. Indeed. And even before that, uh, I think it's pretty cool that the only reason that Ivankov treated Luffy and Bontley in the first place is that Luffy, on the verge of death himself, simply pleaded for them to help Bon, not himself. And that uh, moved the heart of the apparently normally not especially kind-hearted Ivankov, uh, just from his pure sincerity. Um giving him two to three percent odds of survival still not great but a heck of a lot better than the zero he had before yeah yeah i wonder how the the nika of it fits in here huh i don't want to think about it (laughs) (laughs) um but uh didn't so so yes luffy begged for eva to help bon and i think when bon woke up he also basically did the same thing. He was like, uh, 
where's my boy Luffy? Gotta help him. So yeah, that's true. They really they are simpatico. Um, I also found it interesting during that conversation between Ivankov and Bonclay, hearing Ivankov's perspective on saving people and the concept of miracles. Considering we find out pretty much immediately after this that they're also a very high-ranking member of the Revolutionary Army. Basically boils it down to, I only help people who have the will to help themselves, but lack the power to do so. So I assume that if you know he's like an officer of the Revolutionary Army, that a philosophy either stems from or perhaps applies to the Revolutionary Army as a whole, which also jives with the ability of another high-ranking member, Bello Betty, whose power is to like amplify people's existing courage to help themselves in many cases. I think that's just a, a neat little bit of cohesion between the characters of the army. Good little bit of little bit of glue to hold it all together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Bello Betty, the glue of the Revolutionary Army. <laughs> Um, I did find it strange that Eva, like, decided to be sequestered away just because, like, it's a mess out there. <laughs> I think they say, like, yeah, I mean, the the Navy's kind of making decisions up there, so I don't want to deal with that. And I get it, but also as a revolutionary, isn't it kind of your job to deal with that? Uh... I suppose so. That struck me as a little bit odd, too. Plus, like, in addition to being, you know, involved in revolutionary army stuff, they're also the queen of a kingdom. Yeah. That is just kind of, <laughs> I mean, at the moment, is having a great time chasing Sanji around. But well, I'm sure. sure there's, like, important day-to-day things <laughs> that need to be tended to to keep that, like, machine running, you know? Yeah, I mean, there has to be an an economy of some sort on this island and mm-hmm. people need food and all sorts of stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know it's more fun to be in prison so that's what Ivankov does it's, you're you're still helping people right like that's yeah it's that's still true. good that's fine but of a, a very chaotic good character like precisely definitely choosing something that benefits themselves a bit more which is totally fine like i don't fault people for that but uh does seem contradictory with the revolution of it all but in this case they're helping our boy and that's what really counts yeah oh yeah yeah and i like oh I, i i like ivankov a lot actually very interesting character oh yeah um very well things. written, very fun, very flashy. Great Got a stick. big head. Yep, sometimes even bigger than <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but when uh, when Eva finds out that Luffy is Dragon's son, uh, they do have a few interesting thoughts. For some reason, Eva sees Luffy's heritage as an explanation for his superhuman vitality. Why? <laughs> I guess that just means that Dragon is similarly beefy. He's just a tough dude, I guess. Like, I guess so. Okay, fair enough. Vitality in this case probably refers to like Luffy's ability to come back from the brink of death, right? Like his will to live. 
Yeah, it's know? his willpower. So I imagine that would mean that Ivan Kavasin Dragon in a similarly dire situation and come back to it from it, you know? So uh, I'd be interested in seeing that bat story when we perhaps one day <laughs> learn more about an uh, important story figure, Monkey D. Dragon. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the same boat that I'm sitting in. Because mm-hmm. the, the other interesting thing is in that flashback where it's noted that Dragon always faces East Blue when he's outside doing his thinking or plotting or whatever he's doing. Uh, supposedly focusing on the place where his family is. And like, if it's true as theorized that Dragon has power over weather in some uh, some way... It would make sense that he would at least have to face the direction if he were manipulating things, like, super remote. So. Oh, you think he was, like, manipulating the weather in the East Blue at that time? Well, I don't know. I would love to see a timeline. Like, I don't know how long Eva has been locked away. So the fact that, you know, (laughs) Eva is obviously in their own flashback. uh, I don't know if he would be doing that but if well no because he was in logetown so he was definitely nearby for that and we don't know of any other like even close to uh dragon influence moments at least that i can think of indeed uh, yeah, i think so it's weird. i think it's strange I, I like that flashback i think it's sweet that dragon apparently occasionally thinks about his family i guess mm-hmm. um but uh that was baltigo they were in by the looks of it like the main hub island of the revolutionaries mm-hmm. that place is on the grand line uh how did they know which direction was east <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me avonkov uh do you have access to like a super compass that the rest <laughs> of us don't uh, what's going on there, sir? <laughs> you make a fair point. Hmm. You're calling bullshit on that one, Avonkov. You didn't yeah. know what direction that was. <laughs> <laughs> just took you a wild just, guess. Yeah. You had a one in four chance of guessing the direction, and maybe you got it right, but Dragon doesn't admit it. No, not outright. Pretty wild. Indeed. Maybe it was like based on like the position of the sun or something that's not something that comes up very frequently yeah Um, we don't know how the sunrise works true but they're always very insistent compasses don't work here no Um, but there are other ways the stars you know there are other ways of navigating the stars don't work here (laughs) there are no stars on the grand line (laughs) could be (laughs) we don't know right uh anyway it's uh it's breakout time and uh, the prison may as well be in space. It's on such a high alert, which in the end causes Luffy and company to be just too late to save Ace from being carted away, uh, which yeah. in turn forces them to team up with Jinbei and your boy, Krako. Uh, yeah, he still got his hook. That's uh, something judging. I was going to bring up. Why do they let him have the hook in the cell? Well, I mean... What's he going to do, right? He appeared to be in his own cell. I'm sure they don't have to send guards down there very frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Still feels just, weird. Like, yeah, they can just like slide the food to him. 
it's no big deal or maybe they just let him rot and die (laughs) that was the plan at least it didn't work out Mm -hmm. um i do appreciate that oda addressed um crocodile getting his like clothes and cigar in one of the sbs's (laughs) indeed that did bother me a little bit back in the day like where did they get that from but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's fine they had time it away um so this little like this arc it's very compact as we've been saying but it's Mm -hmm. it's chock-a-block full of character development like buggy mr three bon jinbei crocodile all of these people like grew on me very much in this uh what what was this like 30 chapters maybe uh not even we've done it in two chunks so yeah i thought one of them might have been like 15 though so but regardless like not a lot of chapters uh but a lot of really potent moments a lot of good speeches heartfelt stuff um it's yeah and and i think the fact that they are unexpected and lesser you know quote-unquote characters um those quotes were for lesser not characters (laughs) um (laughs) sorry i'm getting a little sleepy but uh like i i think that adds to the excitement for me like it just they they have further to climb i guess so the payoff feels grander uh yeah that made sense like with our straw hats we already know a lot about them right so when they grow in an arc it's like they're already starting like let's use jrpg terms or something for a second they're starting at like level 60 as far <laughs> as character development exp goes <laughs> so a little bit more only goes so far towards level 61 right Whereas yeah. these guys, they're like level two, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, getting that same amount of ESP jumps them up a few more levels because they don't have as much, you know. We're power leveling here. Yeah, exactly. And uh, judging from how powerful Crocodile appears to be in this next chunk we're about to go into, uh, those power levels are paying off, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is holding his own quite well. Toad, toad, my man, Jimbe. uh i mean local beefer yeah fish fish man karate is pretty cool um but it's like as as much as jinbei does prove himself like in a fight here multiple times uh i still don't think that is like the most important thing about jinbei's character he's he's there to just be like a cool guy who's smart and doesn't like conflict and will find a way to do things the right way. And that's so necessary. Um, yeah. And seeing that he's been consistent in that makes me appreciate him being a part of the crew proper even more now in the present day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the adult in the room. And the Straw Hats haven't had much of that for the last thousand chapters um but uh it's about time they did they needed a dad and you know jimbei slots very nicely into that role 
Fish dad is best dad. I've always said so. Mm -hmm. This is true in both One Piece and in real life. Oh, yeah. I know it. Um, You listen to me at home, uh, kids. If your dad's not a fish, find yourself a new dad. That is a fish. Let's make that note. (laughs) Can't just be another dad that's not a fish. (laughs) Just go through as many dads as you need to until you find (laughs) one that is a fish. Then you can stop. Wow, we give out a lot of good advice. Um, Wise guys over here at (laughs) Podcast HQ. So during the like rush escape where, uh, you know, Luffy and Jinbei and Crocodile take out an awakened uh, fruit user each mm-hmm. with one hit. Um, it well actually I don't remember if this is the exact same point, but whenever the um the residents of five point five rejoin the fight, um, there's some staff member that's reporting to Magellan on the mounting chaos and despite the hormone injections that they've received this nameless person confidently knows that these are the prisoners who disappeared and notes that they're dressed to kill so good on them for not caring about gender and for having a good sense of fashion uh yeah for sure shout out to everybody involved I think it's just this one person that's just like turned into a mini narrator, mini announcer that's just well, going wild and seems like maybe they wish they could have joined in on this party. Well, sure, but I read about it, so I like to think I'm involved in some small way as well. <laughs> sure, we're all involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so uh, to check in... Oh, sorry, what? I always found it a little bit strange just a little bit right freeing the prisoners on the way up to the surface pretty good tactical decision for sure and none of these people i mean some of them probably deserve to be you know punished for the crimes they probably did actually commit you know uh but impel bound literally tortures people so none of them deserve to go through that right but uh, they sure do free a lot of probably really dangerous people um, in their effort to save Ace. So uh, I just don't know how Luffy sleeps at night knowing that uh, people he released are probably bad to do in bad things. And again, no one deserves to be an impulse down, right? But, you know, there's got to be a balance here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Shiryu might actually deserve to be an impulse down. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> uh, too bad he is one of several that get out. So nuts. And it is I who says nuts to that. Yeah, for some <laughs> reason. What an odd guy. He's just as like I've been waiting for someone like you. Let's go. What? I guess so. I mean, he was put. He was imprisoned in the first place because he wanted to kill dudes. The government didn't want that. I guess, uh, even though they're doing it through their torture, but mm-hmm. can't go too crazy, <laughs> apparently. Can't be um, obvious about it. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, so he was offered a chance at, you know, getting back to where he was, basically. 
Um, but he would have just been thrown back in if he had continued to kill people, probably. Um, you know, doesn't want that. So hopping on the Blackbeard train. I was a little surprised by two things. One, like Magellan does exactly what he was mad at Shiryu for. Like almost immediately, as soon as the riots start, he just mass poisons people. <laughs> he takes out an entire riot on floor two or whatever with, you know, no no care for anyone. I doubt that they got antidote to all of those people, you know? Probably um, not. But that's marginally different from just doing it for fun. <laughs> it is. It is. It still feels a little out of character to me. Right. Um, Slightly hypocritical also, on Magellan's part, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, I was kind of surprised that Shiryu didn't go after Magellan. Like, I felt like that clash should have happened. I suppose so, but Shiryu seems like a pretty calculating guy. He doesn't seem like the type to pick like fights for vengeance, you know, when, you know, he could very easily lose that fight to Magellan and either die or be back in prison. When Yeah, I guess that's true. We don't really know much about this guy. We know that he's imposing as all heck, but uh, he's good and with he's a sword. a weird face got a weird face likes to smoke mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's about it and and he can turn invisible these days that's fun uh yep love that love the addition special shout out to shear you for killing absalom <laughs> you go shear you this is your one time <laughs> cherish it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> so yeah i mean at the peak there's just so much happening here. Um, like y'all were saying last week that the ending of Impel Down isn't like that big. And you're right. Like there's no big Luffy fight or big team fight or anything. But there's so many moving parts and lots of cool characters. I I found it really pretty exciting. Um you think that Eva and Inazuma go down for a little bit. Blackbeard does go down. like Down the stairs, indeed. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, not he gets in the poisoned. way Kuina did. <laughs> <laughs> Good old throwback to that. Excellent writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, Blackbeard gets back up pretty quick. But, like, it, it shows that even he is not... Uh, unbeatable it's mentioned in this chunk that like you never know how some fruits are going to match up like mr three is useful for once again (laughs) um because he just kind of counters magellan to a certain degree uh yeah so like had it not been for shiryu swapping the team blackbeard he and all his crew would have just died to magellan either died or been imprisoned yeah like yeah ambitions halted right there Mm -hmm. and it was Mm -hmm. easy for magellan he just threw a hydra at him and called that dinner oh yeah yeah and and i'd i'd be surprised if blackbeard walked in there without at least knowing about magellan and what he can do right so it's not like passing 
right? Yeah. It's not like he caught them completely off guard with poison and whatnot. Like, they had to have at least known that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for him to then just, <laughs> what is it, no diff? <laughs> no diff them? <laughs> Indeed. Um, pretty nuts. Pretty cool. Jinbei also gets to show off his stuff. Like, he comments on how, you know, the water is really his place to be, and then he shows it in a big way. Oh, yeah. Summons every whale shark known yeah. in this land to uh, <laughs> just, you know, make it nice and easy. Yeah. Give them a ride. Pretty dope. May as well take them all the way to Marineford if you've got that many whales, but I'm sure they're busy. They can't give up that much of their time. Yeah, they get tired. Uh, so that's that's what I got for this chunk. I should have kept it a bit shorter because we went over, but whatever. Uh, this was to be expected in the wake of today's events. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I did not write down a single gag because I did most of this reading today and was going through an existential crisis over what I had just read in 1044. <laughs> yeah, um, I only had two. Um, yeah, I only got two. Well, lay them on me. So... Uh, Hannibal only like got serious after it's pointed out to him that he could lose his job along with Magellan <laughs> if things go poorly. Right. Thought that was pretty good. Do you think I could be held responsible for this? Like, well, <laughs> you were the only one here, so yeah, mm, probably. Mm. <laughs> and then he pulls out every trick in the book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then my other one, was that Luffy didn't even know who Mr. One was, and Bon doesn't know Zoro's name. <laughs> it's just a uh, good little interaction. Yeah, both of those things pretty much check out. There's no reason for Luffy to know who Mr. One is, and there's no reason for Bon to really know Zoro's name, even though he impersonated him earlier. Luffy should have for sure known that there was a Mr. One. <laughs> um, just through, you know... <laughs> That's how the numbers work. Process but, uh, of elimination, yeah. Yeah, but the man has a small brain, so I forgive him. Me uh, too. Plus, Zoro wasn't like really famous until after the events of Alabasta. And, you know, Bonclay's been in prison, so, you know. He's busy. Yeah. <laughs> the point is, I forgive Mr. Two. And uh, I think that's a great place to end off this episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. next week we'll be covering chapters 548 through 557 Uh, look forward to that read along if it interests you Uh, no break next week for the new releases next chapter releases April 3rd like I said before feel free to send in your thoughts on this chapter via email to inheritedwillpodcast at gmail.com on twitter to at inherited underscore will or in a comment on a platform of your choosing. Uh, Really interested in seeing other people's thoughts about this. I'm sure the opinions are all over the spectrum, so I'll be doing some research between now and then. Uh, But as always, thanks for listening. Goodbye.